Welcome to the Basilea Hollywood Podcast, a community of friends committed to the message and practice of Jesus and His Kingdom. This week, I uh, I was hanging out with my daughter, Susan and I, we've been married 10 years, and we have a one-and-a-half-year-old daughter, and um, if you've been around, you've probably seen her with uh, my mom, her grandma, who is affectionately also known as Nini, um, by our daughter, Lucia, and anyway, she is, I, I'm always trying to think, like, what is Lucia to me besides, you know, my daughter? Um, and the thing that keeps coming back to me is, like, she's the light of my life. Um, and that's a whole thing that I won't get into. But um, it's relevant because the story I want to start off telling is um, earlier this week, uh, I decided, I was hanging out with Lucia. Susan and I usually, like, kind of split the day. Like, um, you know, I got four hours with Lucia and uh, and then and then Sue's works, and then we switch, and we kind of got our rhythm going, right? Um, so when I'm with Lucia, we usually we have a routine. We go to a local park, and um, and we go on the slide. And when she goes down the slide, she always goes, "Wee!" And I do it too, just because it makes her happy. Um, and uh, so we go to the park, and then we'll go, you know, then we'll eat some lunch, uh, and then we'll go back home, and then put her down for a nap. Um, and then I, you know, try and get work done and stuff like that. So, uh, one day, uh, earlier this week, I decided to mix it up, you know, uh, what's, what's that phrase, like, variety is the spice of life? Is that true? I mean, I don't know, but I don't know. Um, it's a saying, right? Um, so maybe that was kind of going through my head, and it's like, well, let's just mix it up, you know? So, um, uh, we ended up going down towards the beach, towards, uh, like, Santa Monica, and has anybody been to a, a, a park? Uh, it was my first time there. It's called Tongva Park. Yeah, Don? It's pretty cool, right? Yeah. Um, so it's this big park. It's this giant park, and it has, like, all these, like, really cool sculptures and, like, pieces of art. It's very, like, it's very hip. Um, but uh, it's also just a really nice place. First thing, we walked in, and there was this, like, uh, fountain of water. Shh. You know that sound when there's a fountain of water just flowing? Shh. You know, and how it can be like really peaceful. Um, we're just kind of sitting there and, and me and Lucia are just watching. And she was like so drawn in, so fascinated by the water, you know, and she's just like, oh. And I'm like, it's water, yeah. And so we're just like smiling. Anyways, uh, so we get into the playground area and uh, I was asking Brady earlier what this is called, but so it's not in the playground area, it's not sand and it's not grass. It's like, it's kind of soft. You guys know what I'm talking about? Does anybody know what that's called? Rubber? Rubber, okay. So the ground is rubber, um, which is really great if you're a kid and you fall a lot. Um, so, uh, so we're there and there's other kids there and, and they have like some really cool things. Like they have a few slides. Um, so we're going down the slides, you know, wee. And um, there's some things to climb on. So we're climbing, you know, wee. And um, 
and there's this, like, there's these holes in the ground where if you press a button, water starts to, like, shoot out of them, and it's like, wee, you know, the water's coming in, and another kid was, like, totally drenched, and it was so much fun. Um, anyways, I, uh, I had my, my cell phone in one pocket, and I had my wallet in the other, and um, anyways, uh, I ended up losing my wallet. So what had happened is the plan in my head was, okay, so after we play, we're going to walk together. I'm going to stroll her uh, to a place where we can eat lunch, okay? And, and that was like a good like 20-minute walk, all right? So by the time we get there, we're like really thirsty, and we're hungry, and she's like getting a little grumpy, you know? So, um, so we get in, and, and, and they seat us. And everybody's just so happy. We're looking at each other. I'm like, we're going to get some food. It's so awesome. And then I realize that I don't have my wallet. And my first reaction is to freak out, right? How many of you have lost your wallet or purse? Freaked out? Yeah, OK. Um, so so that, re- that feeling of like freaking out, right, comes over me. And then I say, no. I say, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to freak out. Um, I'm going to calmly just put my, <laughs> put my hands in my pockets, double check. I'm going to go over to the stroller. I'm going to double check like every nook and cranny, right? And nothing. No wallet. I have my daughter. <laughs> and we're hungry. And she's grumpy. So, um, so I'm like, okay. And I picked her up, put her back in the stroller. We walked very fast, you know, I'm like, and people are looking at me funny, but I don't care because I gotta get my wallet. So the first thing that comes to mind is the, I must, the wallet must have dropped somewhere in the park, okay? That's the only, that's like the best thing. That's like what my gut was telling me. Um, it was right here in my pocket. I was laying down like, and, and it just fell out. So, um, so we're running, well, I'm running and Lucia's, you know, hey, she doesn't know what's happening. So we're going back to the park, going to find my wallet. And I'm like, I'm desperate, you know, because like everything isn't, I think I'm saying like a lot. Um, okay, stop saying like, okay, uh, verbal filler. Oh. Uh, so I get there and no one that was there when I was there is there. And it's a bunch of new people. They, they seem nice. So I start asking people and I'm just like literally like this, like not, not, okay, not like this. Excuse me, sir, have you seen a wallet? I'm like, Anybody seen a wallet? Anybody seen a black wallet? I was here, I lost my wallet. And people are just like, okay, buddy, uh, no, I haven't. Um, so I'm looking for my wallet. I'm asking everybody. I'm, I'm looking around, nothing. So we go back, retrace our steps the way we came, okay, or the way we went to, to the restaurant. I'm, I'm just looking on the ground the whole time. And I'm, ask, I'm still asking people that are standing on their street, you know, like valets who, who were like there before, just like, Hey, black wallet? No. And then I actually um, I ran across, there was a group of three guys, um, and, um, and I asked him, hey, I lost my wallet. Have you seen a black wallet? And then one guy was like, no, but I wish I did. <laughs> and, then, and then another one of the guys who was in that group, he pulls out a black wallet. He's like, I found this one in Seattle. And I was like, it's not mine. But... Okay, so I, I just kept going. <laughs> it was kind of funny. So I kept going, and, um, and then I went all the way back. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, I usually don't go this fast, if you know me. Um, s- stop saying I'm 
go, I, we get back to the restaurant, actually, and I go inside, and I'm literally at the point, I mean, I'm sweaty, and I'm at the point of desperation, like, I have no, I have no money, I have no money, and that's not normal for me, I'm just gonna be honest, okay, and I was literally at the point where I'm standing outside this restaurant, and like, I'm, I'm feeling fine to like, I'm in the headspace of asking people for money. Can I have money so I can get some food for me and my daughter? And so, and that, that's just, that's new for, that was a new experience for me, right? I always got my little ATM card, you know, that works. And so, so I go inside the restaurant, I talk to the hostess, she kind of knew what was going on, and I'm like, I'm desperate just to get Lucia some water. So, I'm, I'm asking, can I please, I'm like begging, I'm like, can I please have some water for me and my daughter? That rhyme, but that's another. Can I please have some water for me and my daughter? And she's like, oh, totally, absolutely. And she comes over and she brings over water and I just, you know, I give it, I take it for, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I give it to Lucia, you know, and she drinks and then, you know, I take a drink and we're just kind of going back and forth. And holy moly, I've never been in that position. I've never felt like so desperate for something that I take for granted, you know? And that kind of desperation is the kind of desperation that God is calling us to. In other words, God invites us to be desperate for him. Wait, okay, what do you mean? Okay, so in Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 5, verse 3, um, Jesus, he goes through these blessings, okay? And the first one is the one we're talking about today. And he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In other words, I mean, you, you get into it, you get into the studying and whatnot, you know, some translators will translate it, you know, uh, blessed are those who realize their need for God, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What in the world? <laughs> Why? What, what does that mean? What does that look like? Um, that's, I don't know really what to do with that. God wants me to be in a position where I realize that I need him. Like, I need Jesus. Like, it's not just something that I'm, I'm saying. It's something that I'm, like, crying out. I'm, like, willing to do anything. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. And this is, this is pretty weird, right? I mean, Jesus is saying... The person who is poor in spirit, in other words, the person who is desperate for God, is blessed. Now, I don't, I don't know about you. Maybe we could make this a fun little uh, interactive thing. Um, in our culture, what comes to your mind with the idea of, oh, that person, when I see this, I think that person is blessed, or I would kind of put them in, in the blessed category? Like, what, what sorts of things do we think of when we think of 
being blessed. I mean, whether we're thinking that in terms of God is actually blessing this person because they're X, Y, and Z, or we're not really, you know, it's just more of like a figure of speech, you know. Um, but what kind of things come to mind uh, in our culture uh, for us today when you think of blessed? Like, what do you associate blessed with? Nice car? Like, get, get even more specific. What kind of nice car? What's a nice car? Oh, yeah. 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 That is a nice car. Um, Two-door? Okay. Okay. Um, Cynthia, you, you were saying something. Okay, so kind of the, kind of the American dream, like uh, marriage, kids, you have the house with the white picket fence, that sort of thing. Got it. Okay. Uh, what else? There's no wrong answers. I mean, if it's wrong, I guess I'll tell you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what, what do you think? Okay, so wealth, money, okay. Found peace, okay. Joy in all circumstances, good, yeah. Being satisfied, okay, yeah. Yeah, Bill and I were talking about this uh, earlier in the week and just how countercultural, counter, I can't even say it, countercultural uh, this is. Um, the things that, that we naturally think or associate with being blessed or having a blessed life um, are not necessarily the things that Jesus identifies with being blessed and uh, how he sees things. Um, So it's weird, but it, there's this idea. We've been talking about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. You know, Jesus is the king. We are citizens of the kingdom. And he's calling us to, um, to live a kingdom culture together, which looks upside down, which looks, uh, it, it, it's counterintuitive to what we would normally do and or think is good or blessed, right? So, you know, I mean, I would think, in a magazine or something, um, it might say, you know, blessed are, maybe like you said, you know, the person who has Audi? Howdy. Yeah, the A6. You know, blessed is the person who's driving around with the Ferrari, you know. Uh, blessed is the person who, you know, makes a makes million dollars a year, right? Like those sorts of things. Um, blessed is the person who has good looks, and I'm sure we could fill in a lot more, um, but I think, I think we get uh, the point. Um, so, so this is countercultural. This doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense. Um, it, I don't know about you, it's, it's not very appealing to me. Um, there's nothing sexy about it. You're blessed if you are in need. You're blessed if you come to the realization that you are spiritually poor, that you are spiritually bankrupt. In other words, that when I come to the place where I am desperate for God, I need God, and that's the place that I'm staying in, like, that's what Jesus, that's the person that Jesus says is blessed. It's like this really weird juxtaposition of like, um, you know, 
uh, person with, you know, with tons of money and just can do anything and, you know, the nice car and the nice house and the family and, like, all the stuff, right? And then I think of, like, you know, a single mom working hard and she prays every night and she, um, she realizes her need for God. And it's like, Jesus says, the lady is the one who's blessed. That just makes, that just blows my mind. <laughs> it just does. But that's the upside down kingdom that Jesus is calling us to. So the question becomes, um, okay, so if this is, if this attitude, if this thing of being poor in spirit, of like realizing our need for God, of needing Jesus, is, is what he wants for us, how do we get there? How do we cultivate this? We do it together. We do this together. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, we can't have a prayer life or we can't have a know God and be in relationship with him like when we're alone, you know, in silence and solitude. Like that, I think that's actually a, a super uh, really good thing. <laughs> Um, but I think just as important is cultivating this thing in community. My experience since I've been coming to this church, and this I would say that probably the biggest strength for me in my experience at this church has been community. We're a very community-oriented church. Um, I think that's one of our biggest strengths. I can say from experience that um, I've... Put it this way, when somebody else is praying for me as opposed to me praying for myself, like, Lord, you know, bless me, help me, da-da-da, all this stuff, I've experienced that that and those prayers uh, get answered, they seem to get answered more in community. I don't know why, um, for some reason, God has designed us and has set this thing up for us to not be lone rangers, but to actually flesh this stuff out together. So we cultivate this this desperation, this being poor in spirit um, with each other. I think that's what Jesus is calling us to. And I think it's especially poignant in our city where it's really easy um, to weigh options because there's so much stuff to do. There's so many options, right? It's like, well, okay, get together and pray and worship or, I don't know, fill in the blank. You know, like... (laughs) Am I the only one who, you know, does that dance? Yeah, it sounds like yes. Okay. That's fine. Um, That's totally fine. Uh, We have a lot of options, and there's a saying that we have in our community. We get together because we can't make it alone. The truth is we find uh, healing in community, right? It's not just about 
what can I get from God? You know, God isn't Santa Claus. I was thinking about this yesterday. Um, God isn't Santa Claus. Um, it's about following Jesus and doing this together. So um, I asked M- Matt um, if you'd uh, just share for a few minutes um, about his experience with just what we're talking about. Um, so I'm just going to hand it over to you. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Um, I brought this up because I wanted to remember what I wrote down uh, at the end of worship, uh, and the cry of my heart is to bring you praise is kind of like the best summary I have for that session of worship we got to do just there. Um, But was it like October I first called you up? And, you know, I, we had kind of gone back and forth on, I think, text message, or I think it started on, anyways, finally got to talk to Troy, and he said, hey, maybe we should get together and do some inner healing prayer in group, and uh, I think it was November by the time Jeff, Jared, and I got together and prayed. Um, Troy had something come up, and then Jared hasn't been able to make it the past two sessions because life is super busy for him. Um, Last Wednesday, we got together, and... uh, for, for a prayer session. Um, my Sunday last week, I, I was, I just, it, there was a point where I said, God, I, there's something that I can do to teach my students tomorrow, and I know you know what it is. Can, can you help me, please? Um, and I, life was just that busy for me. I had fallen behind on a lot of like things that I was hoping to get done and I was trying to overdo a little bit of most everything. Um, So when Jeff sent the text message, hey, uh, we got prayer meeting tonight. Is everybody still in? And uh, I I instantly answered when I saw it, yes. Even though I knew my life was too busy to really make time for that, I knew that I needed to. Um, And we got to, we got to praying. after I explained how busy life was, uh, Masters of Education program, teaching six periods and doing an after-school program, having a beautiful girlfriend and loving family. Um, you know, the, the busyness of life. Um, and in prayer, I think Jeff kind of was the one who kind of said something about worship. And I was like, yeah, I have a desire to do, you know, to make more space for God in my life. And, uh, and we, we kind of prayed on that for a few minutes. And in that time, I had kind of this image come to mind of, uh, of kind of coming before the Lord um, and, and bowing to him, you know, and kind of, um, and Troy suggested that I, I give it a go, that, that we all kind of take that posture and we prayed together and, um, then he got, then he gave me a text the next day, after, you know, prayer was good that, you know, thir- Thursday comes along, I'm, I'm at school and, you know, plans didn't work out as well as they should, I couldn't get the 10 minute video for my lecture for painting and a kid goes, well, why don't we just paint? Thank goodness, great idea, yes, we painted. Um, and then I got, you know, and it, but it, was, it wasn't like a tough choice, it was, you know, painting class, so painting made sense. Um, so 
Troy sent me a text message at some point that day. I don't know how long it was before I got it because I turn my phone on silent when I'm teaching. But he goes, how's everything going? I just want to check in. I'm like, well, the load's a little lighter, and I've been bowing down before the Lord, and um, it's good. Some, something like that. And uh, then he asked me to come up and share this. So that's, I guess, my story. Does that end up? Uh, my, the posture that I've been taking in prayer has been uh, basically taking a bended knee and kind of uh, looking up to the Lord or praying down like that. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of, it's, you know, kind, kind of, I, I, I look at it kind of like medieval, um, kind of like he's the Lord, and I just, I, I need him. I need to come before him. So, like I said, this stuff gets worked out, fleshed out uh, together in community. And um, we gather here on Sundays, right? And when we were worshiping, um, I don't know about you, but for me, it felt like uh, the Lord is just, like Suzanne was saying, like, God is here. <laughs> God is here. And when God shows up and we encounter him, he does stuff. He stirs things up. He... Um, we, I was thinking about this, it, it feels like we almost, um, it's like the way to cultivate it is in community with others and in just the simplicity of, of worship and prayer and the simplicity of, of the heart posture of Jesus, you are Lord, come be Lord of my life, come have your way. And then he comes and does his thing. And that's the place where um, he's able to transform our hearts when we're surrendered, right? So he actually, um, I think he's the one, as we set ourselves before him together, who actually gives us even the desire to be desperate for him. Um, so why don't we all stand? Why don't we just open our hands? Um, this isn't something magical that we do. <laughs> um, this is just a, a simple way to use our bodies to communicate to God uh, that we want him and that we need him and for him to come have his way. Uh, you don't have to do it, um, but you're invited to do it. And we're just going to uh, just wait for a minute or two in silence. Don't be afraid of the silence. And we're just going to ask God to speak to us because that's what he does. So... Jesus, would you come and teach us how, as a community, how in, in relationship together, how we cultivate this, this longing for you, this desire for you, this being broken before you, um, 
this desperation for you, like Suzanne was saying earlier, I think even in quoting one of the, the lyrics, you know, our soul being thirsty for you, and that you alone have the ability to, um, to fill our souls, God, and to bring us peace that, like was said, is um, not dependent on our circumstance. You are spiritually rich, God, and we are spiritually poor, and we need you. And God, help us if we stray from that, if we ever think that we've moved past that, that posture. Um, God, help us uh, to just give us a kick in the pants and um, help us to get back to that. So come and speak to us now, Lord.